Hey, what's up? What's up? It's your girls. I'm Rissy and I'm Shelves. And this is the podcast I totally relate. Yo, what up? You got me? Okay, yep. Cool. And then, Angelique, you say, What up? What up? You got me? Oh, you've got a soft voice. (laughs) Yes, you do. It's so cute. Fun. I want to start this interview off sharing how I met you. Yeah. (laughs) Because I don't even think you know, like, actually how powerful of a story it is. So, I go to this pop up shop here in Pleasant Grove and like these adorable little tables and booths are set up all throughout the warehouse and the whole back side of the building is like opened up and there's this bomb ass bus (laughs) just like blocking the way and so I make my way through the booths I got my little Evie with me and we go on to the bus okay it has like (laughs) tiled floors it's got like this cool greenery draping like this mirror and like the lighting and like the metal racks that are like just chic the clothes are amazing and so I'm just like wow this is really cool and I see this pink puffy coat and I'm just like eyeing it like oh my gosh I love that coat but I'm like it doesn't have a price tag on it so I'm like ah it's probably out of my price range it's fine let's just go so we me and Evelyn leave the bus and we're walking around through some of the other booths and I can't stop thinking about the damn pink coat (laughs) (laughs) so I we go back and well the first time I went in you were talking to somebody else who just purchased something so then the next time I go and no one else is in there it's just me and Evelyn and I ask about this coat and you're like oh it's not for sale and my heart (laughs) breaks and I'm like oh no so when I was two years old my grandpa bought me a pink puffy coat oh my gosh. and I will show you a picture of me at two years old in this cute little pink puffy coat and my grandpa just passed away oh. last year so it was like close to the time that I had met you yeah. my grandpa just passed away and I was like oh it's like it's like that coat like reincarnated right um except for like super vibey and like totally like my energy right now and so Angelique's response is you know what I think I've been holding on to this for you. Go ahead. It's yours. I'll manifest myself a new one. (laughs) And immediately, my heart is just like, bing, this woman is incredible. You must spend more time with her. And I was like, do you want to come be on my podcast? (laughs) (laughs) And yeah. And so I'm so excited that this is like, it's happening. I know. And you don't even know. Like, that's like the crazy thing about... The interactions you have with other people, right? Like, you don't know how you're impacting them. You know you impact people, but you right. don't know how. Mm. And so, like, just, like, your generosity, yeah. your kindness to just, like, let me have that. Like, yeah. you didn't know no. what that meant. But it was, like, so precious to me. And I rock that coat all well, the time. I saw. Oh, I saw the God. photos. It's so hot on you. I you, can't. I, I think I saw you looking in the mirror at it, and I'm like, she actually needs this coat. Like... <laughs> It's not even about me or the future I have planned for this coat. Yeah. She needs it. Oh, <laughs> my I gosh. love that. Dude, it I saw like, it. I upped my energy, yeah. man. I call them joy pieces. Yeah. Like those pieces that just bring you joy. And yeah. you don't know why. It, they, there's no purpose but other than joy. Yeah. And I'm like, this is a joy piece for her. She yeah. needs it. And yeah. so I was like, it's fine. Oh, my gosh. It, yeah, it has like upped my level. Okay, that so you so guys. Happy. Please, I am so thrilled and so happy beyond words to, yes. to introduce <laughs> Angelique to the podcast. Welcome Thank to I Can totally Relate. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Okay, Thank so Angelique, you. you are, you're a thrift designer? 
No, yeah. you are a, like, what's your I word? mean, I call myself a thrift queen. Oh, <laughs> yes. I mean, you can say designer, but I like to say queen because it's yes. like royalty. Happening. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There's a dynasty and everything. Actually, my dad got me into thrifting. Okay. And then I upcycle. So yeah. I find cool thrifted pieces mm-hmm. and then I give them new life. Yeah. And it's kind of a crazy process how I got there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, we're gonna it's a, we're gonna yeah. dive into that in just a second. But also, you do like this cool. You do a sick drip. Oh yeah. Yeah. Please sick tell drips. everybody. Tell what, us okay, so sick a drip. sick drip is a bleach dyed out like item, yeah. and I call them. It was really funny. I was doing an event, and this really cute millennial girl came and bought something, and she's like, "Oh, that's a sick drip," and I'm like. I love that song. <laughs> yes. And then in Venmo, she wrote sick drip, like to pay for it. And I'm like, oh, these are sick drips. Like, that's like there's no like, other that's name. Just what it is. It's a sick drip. Yeah. And so now I like started saying it as a joke and I'm like, sick drip. And then people will be like, Angelique will be there with her sick drips. And I'm like, oh, this is catching on. Yeah. And then my brother just told me that his girlfriend's sister's like, oh, I want a sick drip. And people are talking about it. I'm like, it's funny that this little phrase <laughs> has caught on, but I love it. Yeah. I love it. It makes me so happy. But yeah, a sick, sick drip is just a bleach dyed t-shirt. And I like to design them. I, it's kind of like artistic. Yeah. So I learned about this bleach dye trend mm-hmm. when I was thrifting and I found this vintage Nike sweatshirt. Yeah. For a dollar and it had a huge bleach stain on it and I'm like well I have to buy it it's a vintage Nike hoodie so I'm going to check out and I, this guy's like I'm like what do I do and he's like you could try that bleach dye trend and so I was like yeah I think I might like google and look into how they do that yeah and so I did and I did like I think I did the hoodie bought it for a dollar and then I ended up selling it for like sixty dollars and my first one and because yeah. someone wanted it and they're like oh I want that it charged 60 and I was like that's a good profit yeah and I was doing something I hated at the time, and I'm like, wait, I, this could be a thing. Like, yeah. I can do this. Yeah. So it was, it just kind of inspired, like, took off a little here, like, yeah. from there. It was really cool how it happened. Like, I just decided to, a farmer, I've had friends, like, you need to do a farmer's market. Because I was just selling them a few on Instagram. Yeah. And I did a farmer's market, and in the first event, in like a four-hour day, I made more than I did in a whole week at work. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, this could actually be a thing. And so then I'm like, my my next thing is I want a bus. And so I manifested it. How the (laughs) hell did you even think a cool bus? Like, where where did that come from? It's so cool, you guys. This bus is so cool. It is so cool, you guys. (laughs) It is my dream. I... I think the first time I saw one, I was at some kind of like women's event or something, vendor event. And this girl had a RV full of clothes. And mm. I'm like, that would be so that's cool. Rad. That yeah. would be so cool. And so, so I'm like, that's, yeah, price. yeah. And I manifested a way to pay it. I can't say a lot of details because there's an NDA involved, but I filmed a show. And from filming the show, I got enough money to buy the bus. Oh. Yeah. Wow. And so. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So then, and then everything, like, it was just like, I learned that manifesting was a thing. No matter where you are, you, like, had to take steps to get here, right? Yes. So take us back to, I mean, pre-manifesting yes. Angelique. Yes. Like, how, where did this whole thing start? Okay. So I actually grew up Mormon. Kind of my backstory is I got married when I was 20, which when I got married, it wasn't really what I wanted, if I'm being honest, but Mm -hmm. it was what I felt like was I was supposed to do. Yes. And I was like, not like I'm going to go. It wasn't I was 18 in high school and my parents were like, hey, like you should go to Utah, find a husband like that's kind of what you do. And friends and stuff were doing that. And um, I was like, "Okay, yeah, like 
So I was going to college not to find my purpose or like my dream and what I was passionate about to discover myself. It was, oh, I need to be someone's wife. Yeah, Yeah, literally. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, okay, where's my husband? Is he there? And so after about a year of that, I got married at 20. And right before my marriage, I would cry almost every day before my wedding. And I went to the bishop and I was like, this doesn't feel right. Like, I don't think I can go through with this. This doesn't feel like what I want to do. And he said, any two people worthy in the sight of the Lord or in the temple can have happy marriages, healthy, happy marriages. And so I thought, okay, well, if I'm worthy, then I'll be happy. Mm -hmm. So after I got married, I instantly started dealing with severe anxiety and depression. And I thought, oh, something is wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not worthy enough. So if mm-hmm. I can read more scriptures, if I can go to the temple more, if I can only listen to church music and not watch anything rated over PG, you know, yeah. like extreme, I'll be happy. And I did this and did this for a very long time. And I started, it got to the point where I was so unhappy, I started numbing to get through. And... I started out with anxiety medicine, and then it finally went on to pain medicine, um, sleep medicine, just any sort of medication you could think of to numb, I was on. It got, you know, there was times that weren't as bad. After I had my daughter, it was really bad, and then I all of a sudden had a bunch of health issues come up after I had my daughter. No one could diagnose what was going on. They couldn't figure it out, like what was happening. And eventually I was actually bedridden and in a wheelchair. Oh my God. For like three years. And I was in so much pain. I had to, I was doing hair at the time. I had to quit doing hair. And I was like, I was a stay in bed bomb. Like I was just like, I was, didn't function. I had my child in childcare just because I couldn't do the minimum. With this came a lot of feelings of worthlessness Mm -hmm, and feelings of not enough. And with this undiagnosed stuff, and um, I had a doctor try to diagnose me, which is a misdiagnosis. And what the misdiagnosis came with is you couldn't have any more kids, mm-hmm. which especially in our culture of being a, st- a mom and like mm. a wife is like you have a lot of kids. And people would ask yeah. me when I was having another kid and the pressure and also the pain of wanting another child was a lot. Um, so I started drinking. Even though I was Mormon, I was like, oh, it's, I need it. Like it, I need it to be okay. Yeah. Um, so I started drinking a lot. And doing and on medication at the time and it was really bad it was really bad really dangerous I had some overdoses I was just and also my quality of life was like zero because I wasn't really functioning and I realized like okay I ended up going to rehab the first time and I did better but it didn't really stick but I realized okay if I'm going like I'm truly gonna die if I keep living like this in the sense of like believing that my worth and value is zero percent not only that is when I I was put on all these hormones with the misdiagnosis Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I gained a bunch of weight and my whole life I thought that my image was my worth yeah the whole life it was like people talked treated you differently looked at you differently spoke to you differently Mm -hmm. and it was just like my my image like I don't have image or I don't I'm not a good mom like what is my worth what is my value yeah um and then I was like oh well okay, if I can really invest in just being the best mom I can, then I will, I'll be okay. And I tried to use all my energy and I couldn't do the dishes and the laundry and the groceries and the dinners and and the baths and all of that. And again, it was like, okay, what is my worth? What is my value? And so I got into, have you guys heard of Brene Brown? Mm -hmm. Have we heard of Brene Brown? (laughs) Yeah. She's amazing. 
amazing. Mm. I, I love, love her. her so much. Yeah. So I discovered her work and I went on this like self-love journey and I was like, okay, I need to learn how to love and accept myself. Like yeah. I need to just learn and figure out that I'm okay as is and realizing that we are worthy as is. Like there's mm-hmm. no prerequisite. It's just we're worthy. Yeah. And I think that's when I started doing that work is when I started realizing like, oh, the church might not be for me. Mm. Yeah. So you'd had a child, you'd been married, you would told your bishop you weren't really sure if you wanted yeah. to be married, but what was your marriage like? Like was that yeah. really just playing into yeah. this like cycle of just this down sweep? Right. I mean, I was married. It was hard because I was married to such a good guy. Mm-hmm. He wasn't a bad guy. He wasn't abusive. He wasn't like he was stable and showed up for me. I didn't really know how to be a wife. And I think I did what I did in high school and mm-hmm. just throughout my life. And it's like, I don't know how to be. So I'm going to look around and see what everyone else is doing yeah. and try mm-hmm. to be that. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, yeah. and I remembered in high school, it was like, oh, cheerleaders. Like cheerleaders is the way to yeah. become popular and to have friends and so I'm gonna do that because I I moved around a ton and I did that and I was popular and I'm like oh cool I have friends and then I think it was like okay I don't know how to be a wife so I'm gonna look around see what everyone else is doing and try to be that and his mom was like the more in the Mormon tabernacle choir and would wake up at 5 a.m. and sew burp cloths and just was always like this ultra you know the yeah. like ultra ultra homemaker. yes yeah and I'm like okay I need to do that mm-hmm. and that's just not me yeah and so I mean it comes into authenticity as I was trying to lead a life for other people to please other people yeah mm. that didn't resonate yeah and I think that can kill you faster than anything amen yeah yeah, yeah. so I um was living this life of total inauthenticity and abandoning myself constantly like and feeling like that that's what I was supposed to do to be a good wife and a good mom and a good Mormon woman and all of that and as the years went on I finally got diagnosed and I found out I had a black mold poisoning so I got black mold poisoning from living in a moldy building and it deteriorated like all of my systems and that's why I had trouble walking that's why like my vision like it just affected all my systems wow so yeah it went seven years undiagnosed so once they diagnosed it, I'm like, okay, they're like, you can detox this and get back to your normal life. Mm-hmm. And I think the truth is in about me and my husband's relationship is we found a way that was so unhealthy and toxic, but to to survive. And it was basically like he was the rescuer, I was the victim. Mm-hmm. And we were in this cycle, this trauma cycle of like, He's going to rescue me, and he's going to be the hero, and I'm the one in distress, and this is actually how it works in a sick way. Mm-hmm. Like, it's sick, but this actually works. Mm-hmm. He feels like he's being a good husband. I am not needing to meet any needs, and, like, he's okay with it. It was just as weird, and in a way, he's even confessed that, like, he let, like it, he liked that dynamic, like, the feeling of being a hero in it. Yeah. So we were stuck in this really sick cycle. Um, once I started healing, it took me a year and a half to detox, I was a whole new person. I started like exercising and living life. And by this point, I was like, I can't do the religion thing anymore. Mm -hmm. I can't. Like, it's not going to work. And he was still in it. And that was a really hard thing. And my daughter was nearing eight at the time. And he wanted to baptize her. And I was like, nah. Mm -mm." Yeah. That's a no for me, dog. That's a no for me, dog. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) 
But it was just like, no. And so I had her write down the reasons why she wanted to get baptized. And it was like, I want to wear a purity de- dress. I want daddy to dunk me under the water. And I, rem- I want to party. And the last one was, I don't want anyone to be disappointed in me. Oh. And it was just like, that's not a reason why we do things anymore (laughs) and and that was that belief has drove driven me my whole life so let alone watching that right exactly it was like no absolutely not Mm. like I'm not we're not gonna do this and and our relationship I, I think subconsciously I knew it but not mentally is that our dynamic wasn't working anymore with me being healthy it's like he didn't know where his place was and so I and I didn't know where his place was and it was kind of like I don't know if I can do this anymore like I feel like I have dedicated so much of my life to pleasing and trying to live this life that wasn't something I ever wanted that I felt like was always to just try to prove that I was a good Mormon woman or that I was a good wife or mom and I I just don't want to do this dance anymore and I don't think I really have to to be worthy you know Mm -hmm. so and and in this though I also was like I like I want to go out and I like like so I'd never had sex with anyone before I got yeah. married anyone yeah and I'd never experienced like a one-night stand or like getting drunk or I'd like yeah. going out and partying and so all this stuff I'm like I want to live I want to do these things which is also like absolutely grass is not always greener on the other side yeah absolutely. like I feel like I have lived three lives my Mormon life my party life and my current life like mm, yeah it's like I yeah yeah so and, and well but, it's like a rite of passage yeah I mean I think yeah of course you yeah. want to like of course yeah a part of you is like what is that like right yeah. it, it looks interesting it looks yes fun <laughs> I needed to experience it and yeah. you know what? I learned so much in it and it was like it was like I was living my 20s and my 30s, but yeah. it was within me and I felt like I had to. Yeah. So I started like wanting to go out and do things. And so I'm like, I think we need to separate. Like, I feel like I need to discover myself. I need to figure this out. I don't think this has ever really worked for me. We almost talked about divorce like every year of our marriage. It yeah. was bad. It was, and there was so much just like illness and depression and stuff. And now I came out of it and I'm like, oh, I want to live. Like I yeah. want to, I feel like I have a second chance at life. I feel good. Like I want to discover life. Yeah. yeah. And so I, we separated and I went and I did all the things I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> I had a sex bucket list. I achieved it. I had like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. I just was like, you know what? Like I, I just want, I want to do this. And yeah. so I did. And, you know, some of it wasn't so good. Like, yeah. I started getting caught up again in addiction. And it is something that I feel like it is something that lives inside of me that will come out in different ways, whether it's eating, whether it's mm. watching too much TV, whether mm-hmm. it's, I don't know, all the things. There's so yeah. many things that you c- that can go into. Yeah. But it started like, okay, coming out again. And so I, while I was in the stage, I was feeling like, I think so badly I wanted connection and Mm -hmm. I wanted to feel like seen and and appreciated and all of Mm -hmm. these things. And I was using it through sex, Mm -hmm. which wouldn't be that type of sex when you're drinking so much because Mm -hmm. you are left not remembering or not having a great experience or waking up the next day and feeling empty. And so... I went and I did this for like a year and a half or two and I think it was like a year and a half and eventually I was I lost myself so far it was like this intention to go explore the world and I got wrapped up in it mm-hmm. it was like I didn't even know who I was I lost myself I think 
in and to agree even deeper I, I was like no I'm being myself but being myself wasn't doing whatever I wanted yeah. you know I, I it, being yourself is like really being in tune with who you are and listening and discovering that versus like no any any whim any impulse anything I want I'm just gonna do yeah. Ooh, I kind of like how you said that though because like that ability of connection to yourself is really key. Yeah. And I think that so many of us are like, no, 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 I'm having fun. Yes. This is who I yeah. am. And I think that there is an element to that of sure. like, okay, like this is fun now. Okay, the cost thing. Okay, so mm-hmm. this the cost, there wasn't as much bad side to it, but now the cost is, is higher. higher. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that like so many of us, but I like how you said that. I also kind of want to point out how cool it is. I feel like so many people, they talk about this rise and it's always a rise. It's always this upgoing. Yeah. So you kind of just blew my mind. I'm like, oh, you had a low, mm-hmm. and then you grew, yeah. and then you fell again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I, I, we don't hear many stories like that. Yeah. What was that like? It was, it was part of the journey. I feel like, you know, I feel like we learn things, and then sometimes it, it gets blurry. Yeah. And it's like then we can get caught up in our ego, in what we think will serve us. I think the power of getting healthy was like, I want to go for it. And I think really my whole like discovery to self was unbecoming. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, I am letting go of all these things. And now, okay, over here, this looks desirable. Let me go for this. Mm-hmm. And so I still, you know, I wavered in my, I, I still was working towards self-love, but I think I was confused about what self-love meant. Yeah. I really, truly meant, like, I'm going to own who I am, and I'm just going to do and say and be whatever I want and caution to I the want. wind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had to, it was like another downfall of, like, oh, no, like, that's actually not happiness. That's mm-hmm. not joy. That's not being true and authentic to yourself. Mm-hmm. And so it got to a point, I remember I was caught up in this whirlwind and, I'm a huge manifester, and the manifesting, I can't, I'm trying to think of one. I knew it was a thing, and I think I manifested a few things along the way, but this is, like, the big, the biggest, th- like, so I was laying in bed, and I was, like, th- I was, like, dreaming of, like, the life I wanted, and it was so far from what it was, and I didn't have, at the time I was drinking so much, I wasn't really keeping a job, I wasn't, I didn't have a good relationship with my kids or anyone in my family, I ended up, like, losing a lot of ties with my family, and just a shell of myself and dreaming of the life I wanted and I have big dreams and like just thinking about all this stuff and I was overcome I was just like hit with this spiritual thing and at that time I was like I don't believe in God I don't believe in anything I'm done I'm done I'm done and so I was like I was hit with something and it was like I, I something grabbed me it was like I was frozen and it was it said you can have whatever you want in this life but if you keep drinking and doing drugs you're gonna die like you're done and I was like frozen there and it was like do you understand and I was like yes and then I was released from it and instantly called a friend I was like I have to go to detox right now and so that was one of the hardest bravest things because I didn't have the support of family or friends or anything it was like I had lost a lot of my family connections I've lost my husband I've lost the relationship I wanted from my kids but I knew for me I needed and deserved a better life and that my life actually wouldn't continue anymore if I kept doing what I was doing. So I went to rehab and it was the hardest fucking thing 
And I think it's because I knew what the risks were and I knew that it was like, no, that you got to do this. You yeah. have to change your life completely. Yeah. And um, while I was in there, I started just feeling this. It was like after detoxes ended and I'm in this place and surrounded by people who I thought was like, oh, they're worse off than me. They were on the streets or they were doing heroin or they were in jail. Like, I'm fine. And I tried to leave. There was this one time I found out. So in rehab, they do these things called processes where you sit in a room for three hours and they basically like call you out on your shit. And it is like painful, painful in a room of your peers. Like it is painful. And so I found out they did that. So the rehab I went to before did it once a week. They did it every day at Uh. this rehab. And I'm like, oh, that's bullshit. There's no way. I'm not doing this. I'm like, I'm not doing this. I don't need this. I am not here. I like, I am here for me. Like, I am not here to listen to your bullshit. Like, I'm done. So I walk up the stairs and again, I was hit and it was like, you are not just here for you. And realizing like, you are going to have a future that's going to help people and your story matters. Like, it's, it's okay. Like, but you have to do this. So I went and sat down on my bed and I'm like, oh shit, like, I do have to do this. Okay. And so it was like, I went there for four weeks. It was the most crazy, broken down, like, piece, like, of hell. But also, like, I, that's when I started to learn and find who I was. And it was, it was the most incredible, like, experience to also, I think the empathy that bringing, like, bring, like, that rock bottom, what it brings you is that compassion, understanding, and it alleviates that, like, veil we have or that belief we have that like oh I'm different than you I'm better than you I'm going to judge you for where you've been and being like absolutely not you can see that anyone can be brought to this point and they're Mm -hmm. not bad people they're actually Mm -hmm. amazing people who are in pain it was a great learning experience and I started learning about mindset there okay and so mindset meaning like no I'm not a victim I have the power to take care of my life everything has happened for me not to me like I, my, you know, my story is going to help. And I was sitting there and, you know, I'm hearing people like, this is my 23rd time back in rehab. And I'd been to rehab before. And I'm like, I'm not doing this again. Like yeah. I'm not fucking doing this again. Yeah. And I want to be the person in the front who's a visitor coming to share their story and inspiring other people. And I'm not going to be back in the seat being here again. I just can't do it. Like yeah. I have to do this. Um, I did the program. I got out of rehab and I was just like, okay, like, I have to keep my circle so small. Like only people who are let in are family and maybe one friend. And I'm not dating for a year because that was part of it is the validation from men, which is huge. And the image thing and like Mm -hmm. sex and all that was Mm -hmm. a big thing, maybe more than the drugs and alcohol. And they went co like hand in hand too. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, And so I was just like, hey, like I'm just going to do this. And I remember like couple months in it's so hard to change your life that much and when you are used to mm-hmm. numbing to be okay to like oh I need a drink just to not just to keep everything away and learning to sit in it the discomfort and being like okay like yeah. I can feel this but you need to feel it to heal it like yeah it's it's just mm-hmm. how, like that's how you heal it is you feel it and then you release it and you're like oh, okay but I remember it was so hard and I went for this walk and I was like, what the fuck is life? Like, I'm 35 years old. I am, have no job. I am not married. I have no man. Like, what, I've, what is my life? Like, what am I doing? And I remember looking down at my shadow and it was like, this is how you get to your empire. This is how you get to your dream. You're going on a walk right now instead of drinking. And it might seem small, but it is exactly how you get to where you need to be. 
just a walk. And I was like, okay, okay. And so then I was like, what am I going to do? Like, what is, what's my career? And I found a bleach, I found a hoodie (laughs) and I bleach dyed it. Are you crying? (laughs) I'm not crying, you're crying. Okay. I found a hoodie, I bleach dyed it, I loved it. I started selling them and it took off. And it's not about like, so now I go back to the rehab actually and I teach them how to bleach dye and I tell my story. And, and it's not about like, people will be like, how do you find your career? How do you find it? And it's like, it's about living in alignment and allowing what's supposed to come to you to come to you. Oh, say that again. Okay. <laughs> yes. So it's not, it's not about like chasing after and hustling or trying to exert yourself. Because when you're in alignment and you are living in your truth and you're honoring your higher self and who you truly are, what's supposed to come to you will come to you. It just happens. What's meant meant for for you you. is meant for you. And it just naturally, like, I didn't try to start this business. It just took off after me doing what I was passionate about and loving. Me having fun is how it happened. Yeah. And now I get to... Okay, but you had to get lost to find yourself. Yes. You had to get lost to find that. And so I think that if you're a listener and this idea of, like, manifestation just showing up at your doorstep, it it just doesn't work like that. Like, you... You know, you left a marriage. You went through all of the loss of the identity of who you were searching for happiness in places that wasn't found. And finding yourself walking down the street. Wow. <laughs> Just like, because this is what I need to do to do the right thing. That's manifestation. Yeah. You know, like that's a, that's, I have a bigger commitment to my health and my wellness and the life that I desire. Right. More than that shot of whiskey. Right. More than that one night stand right. or whatever right. it is, right? Like, okay, you're beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm so glad you said that because I feel like as you're, as you're sharing your story, I'm just like, oh my gosh, it's, it's a double-edged sword, right? So like, I mean, people are going to see you on our Instagram feed. Uh, you are beautiful. Thank like you. it like you are just dripping with gorgeousness. Oh my right? gosh. No, you, you totally are. So are. Nice. You totally are. Ugh. And it's like that's like it's not your superpower, but like that's part of your power. It's how beautiful you are. Like people are drawn to you because you're so beautiful. And also it's that double it's that the other yes. edge of the sword. Like yes. ooh, that's gonna get you in trouble, girl. Yep. You know? So it's learning how to, you know, and like call it style, call it fashion. Like you're very like fashionista yeah like you understand like oh this goes good together this is this you understand the assignment (laughs) (laughs) you know and like and that is like a superpower of yours um and you you teach other people how to do that Mm -hmm. but yeah dude it's that double-edged sword it's like that your beauty is like it can draw people to you and like pull the best out of others or it could sink you you know and and that's that's the power you wield and you get to decide like how you use that right yeah that's, I've never really thought about that. It is interesting because it has been a huge downfall knowing, oh, I can, I can sleep with him or oh, you could hook get, up with you him could get or I can do with him. Hands down, you could get any man you no. wanted at any time, no. like, guaranteed fucking damn to you. It's not a thing. It's okay. But Yeah, like, our own, like, self-defeating behaviors are, like, really interesting and, and damning. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're really damning yeah. sometimes, you know? But I think that, like, I love – when you said, you know, I was walking down the street and I was like, this isn't something small. That that was like, that's really big because I think that you're hitting something so profoundly when you say that of it's not just one walk that's going to save your life. Yeah. 
It's time and time right. again. It's the practice. It was, you know, all of these things that led up to that wasn't the first walk that you took, right? 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 Nope. Like, it was my, so yeah, my new it was like, hey, I'm doing this because this is my coping now and it's healthier and it's better. And that cost is mm-hmm. not as high right. as the one night stand is, right? right? So I'm going to choose this. You hear, and that's like what I call the breadcrumbs. It's like, okay, yeah, here you go, sis. Yeah, like, yeah, sell this fucking Nike hoodie. Yes, and make an empire. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, and, okay. So now, you help people feel comfortable with them, yeah, and who they are, yeah, because that was the biggest and hardest thing for you. I think. One of the biggest gifts I had was weight gain. And I was 60 pounds heavier than I am now. Mm. And realizing like, okay, like I, in a weird way, I understand what it feels like to not feel like beautiful and hot and like respected in a certain way all the time. Mm. And also I knew that what my worth felt like because of the world we live in. Mm -hmm. And I knew what, how I truly, you guys, felt like. Am I even worth living without mm-hmm. my image? Mm-hmm. Is my worth even, like, is my life even valuable without feeling sexy and hot and skinny? And Well, from outside sources, too. Because it's oh. not me that has to feel sexy and hot and skinny. No. It's other people yes. that have to think that I'm sexy, hot, and skinny. Exactly, yeah. because I don't give a shit. Exactly. Yeah. I actually really, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't. Like, I don't give, like, and so realizing, like, that validation and that I remember there's this huge, like, I'm off on a tangent and I'll get back to what you said, but I remember in this moment I saw this girl post, and this is before all the body positivity stuff because this was about uh, 10 years ago. It was like this girl was in a bikini and she was what the world would consider her overweight, mid-sized, whatever, and she had this string bikini on and she was like posing. She's like, I feel so fucking hot and like did this whole post about how hot she was and I was like, that is, oh my gosh, if she can feel that way, then I can feel that way. Mm -hmm. And the power of like, Okay, it is important for me. I think that was like my first thing is to come across like if I'm a thought leader, if I'm going to be a thought leader, which is like an influence Instagrammer, Mm -hmm. what thoughts am I leading? Like what thoughts am I leading? Is it important? Like what's important? What's real? Like authenticity, how important it is. And I think that for I like honestly, my favorite thing is making other women feel beautiful. It is my like it when I see a woman look in the mirror and they're like, I feel hot. I'm like, my job is like, you have whatever you want. Like, just take it. Just go feel hot. Like, I I feel like it's something that it's more than even just like what society wants. It's like and like I think it's important for each of us to feel our own beautiful, sexy way. I Mm -hmm. think feeling sexy is such a cool thing that I've realized, you guys. Yeah. So I used to wear the. I don't know if we could say that. But, yeah. Um, I used yeah. to wear them and I felt like I could never wear anything like short or like sexy. And I was like, wow, like I like feeling sexy because I like the way it feels. Yeah. It is not serving for anyone else no. but me. It feels yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. And so I want to empower women at any size, any stage in life, wherever they are, to feel beautiful and from a very like an inner, like, not what as the world expects them. Yeah. I think that the thing I love about thrifting, because I love a lot of things about it, but one thing I love about it is it's not curated to what the world standards are. It's the things that the world discarded. Right, right. And it's, and it's like you go there and you find what calls to you. It's not a, a company saying, here's, I'm going to curate to you to show mm-hmm. you what you need to wear. Mm-hmm. It's, and so I love taking women thrifting because it's like, go find what you feel hot about. 
whatever it is yeah like and you there's so many options it's so eclectic like there's so many things you can choose from but what calls to you and and finding like personal style versus like fashion I don't know I'm very into it I I actually don't know if I've ever thought of it like that okay so that's really cool yeah so fashion is more trending like what in like influencer curating and what the world is kind of like showing you what is the standard or acceptable and style is very personal it's very intuitive it's like what do I want to wear what do I want to look like what am I attracted to I'm like it's like when you're dating like whoever you're attracted to you get that feeling like of like oh yeah like I like this and this and it just feels right yeah. it's like that with shopping too and it should be like it should be something you're like oh I like this like the, yeah. the pink jacket yeah. like it's <laughs> yeah. like I like like I, I need like I just like it yeah it's yeah so I I love that excitement that and and style has been a huge part of me coming into my own mm-hmm. I'll show you guys pictures of what I looked like yes years yeah, ago please. but like I would wear the big floral dress mm-hmm. with like the booties and mm-hmm. and was like, okay, I think this is like cool. Like yeah. I think this is what I'm supposed to wear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh no, I'm gonna wear what I feel hot in, what I yeah. want. Like I'm not gonna I'll like maybe pull from this thing and this thing and this thing, but it's not going to be like I need to dress this certain way because everyone's doing it and I need to be cool. Yeah. You know, so it's more right. like a coming into myself. And I also wanted to look non-mormon yeah i wanted you to look at me and be like she's not mormon she's not mormon yeah. she's an edgy girl yeah. <laughs> <laughs> stupid i'm yeah. sorry it's not stupid that's amazing oh my gosh i feel like me you're too. my spirit animal you know like, it's yeah. like you yeah. want to yeah. like you want to just be like no like i'm myself now yeah. yeah 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 dude i own me yes and i am good because i am yes. me, not because you said exactly. i was good or because yep. you said i was worthy yep. or because yep. i met these thresholds exactly. for you jump through these hoops yeah for you. no no mm. i am good because yep. i am good i'm yep. beautiful because i am yes beautiful. baby preach yes Yes. Oh my gosh. That's like and, I love that. And I know like this might kind of sound crazy and like we're kind of maybe going off on a tangent, no, but we love it. it was like the whole series we did about like faith transitions and like the when I told my story on the podcast, that was the first time I'd really told my story. Wow. I told like my mom bits of it, I told yeah. Shelby bits of it, and I told my husband bits of it. But like that was the first time I told my story. And being able to say like you don't own yeah. Me. You don't yeah. own if I'm good or not. Right. Because leaving, especially in this area, yeah. you kind of feel like, oh, I'm not good. Like, totally. Oh, no, I'm a black sheep. Like, totally. Oh, no. Like, yeah. like there's, there's these labels. Oh, they're praying for me. That's not me anymore. And this is me. It's yeah. so empowering. It is. And, and yeah, and that, like, find, like feeling your own power, it does make you feel like. Yeah. Yes. I am Come hot. the bad bitch mode. <laughs> yeah. I have it. Okay. Yes. <laughs> but there is something psychological to, after you go through a tra- traumatic experience, changing the way you look. Yeah. Have you heard about that? Like if someone's no. experienced death or like some sort of big trauma, a lot of times they'll like cut their hair off or like yeah. change, like drastically change yeah, the way they look. Yeah, girls get bangs yes. or something. Yes, 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 okay. exactly. Okay. I dyed my hair pink. Like yeah. it's fine. Okay. Like, yeah. Went through a rough patch. I'm like, the hair's going pink, you know? But mm-hmm. it's it's part of like wanting to look different because you feel different. Mm. And so that's um, why like I just, I love style. It's so yeah. fun. Yeah. It's so fun. It communicates who you are without having to say anything. Yeah, yeah. So I get my sick drips. I also do like a curated vintage, also trendy looks that I'm into. Yeah. And so half the bus is bleach dyed or sick drips. Half are the cute curated, Angelique curated looks. Yeah. And um, I drive around to pop-up events. I'll do salons, boutiques, just kind of collab with different businesses. 
And I go and I park my bus. I, I'm a bus driver now, you guys. <laughs> like, never in my life would I be like, oh, you're going to be in your 30s and, like, drive a bus. But, you know, there's something really cool and empowering about it. After I bought it, I'm like, holy shit, like, I don't have anyone to help me with this. Yeah. Like, this is my baby. Like, I need to figure out how to drive this, how to fix yeah. it, how to put gas, diesel gas in yeah. this. Like, yeah. what? Like, okay, but I'm going to do this. And I can. And I yeah. think, like, at coming out of a codependent relationship, too, it feels so good being like, no, I am figuring this out. I got this. Like, I am independent. Yeah. I own this. And every little success, it's I did this like this is me obviously I have help along the way but just there's there's a big like becoming independent and realizing like I have control over things feels really good but I yeah so I just collab with other businesses or do pop-ups I park my stuff I also do I've done styling events where I'll like style people up and do photos we should collab on a photo shoot for that yeah we should do a women empowerment photo shoot I'm into Style. it. Style. I'm into it. Girl, that would okay. be hot. Here's the other thing. This we want to collab. Yeah, we already, t- we want to collab. So oh, we have yes. I Totally Relate shirts and we're like, Baby. we should do like a whole yes, series dripped. of just, yeah. Yes. They need to be dripped. Yes. That's what we're talking yes. about. Yes, let's drip them out. Okay. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's yeah. drip it out. We could even drip it out together. I could show you. Oh. If you want to make them together. Oh, oh my gosh. Because I kind of like more. hanging out with you guys. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. My heart is fluttering. <laughs> yeah. It'd be so fun. Oh my gosh. It'd be so fun. Okay, and like, can I just say, as somebody who didn't know you, yeah. complete stranger, walked onto that bus, when I walked out, I everything that you intended, that you dreamed, that you wanted, I walked out with that. Oh, like, that makes me want to cry. It worked. Like, it's working. Good. Because I was like... <laughs> <laughs> like... I felt that it was it was the way your our energy exchange it was like what you said to me it was like how you made me feel like it was your kindness it was I mean all of those things that like you were hoping for on your walk like well it came to fruition at least with me like that means so much to me yeah so much thank you (laughs) I fucking love you (laughs) same okay okay so Oh, did you have? I was gonna. I wanted. No. I wanted to ask you about authenticity a little bit because Please. not very long ago you made a post um, on Instagram about like your younger self. Well, and and about like how we like everyone says be authentic and like oh it's so cool to be authentic but it's actually really scary. Yes, you know what post I'm talking about. I try to post a lot about stuff like that, so I okay. can't think of which You're one. Like, I, I talk I, about it all the time. I'm like, bitch, I'm always bitch. talking about authenticity. Bitch. Yeah. No. Um. Here's my thing about authenticity. It blows my mind that the scariest thing to do on this earth in this life is to be yourself just to be yourself yeah when I discovered authenticity and vulnerability and connection and compassion through Brene Brown's work I'm like okay well the honestly when I think authenticity it's bravery it's courage because it like if when you think about really stepping out of the mainstream you're in and you step out and you're alone and you're you, but you're alone, and you're saying, is this okay? Yeah. And it's not always okay with everyone in your life. Uh-uh. It's not. Mm-mm. And so it's easy to be like, oh, I need to go back. I need to tiptoe back into the mainstream and go mm. along. And honestly, this is a tangent. I, we do we have a tangent. So I watched, I remember when I watched Moana. Oh, yeah, we got to. You guys. 
I knew I had to leave the church and leave my marriage, which is crazy. But she, remember how she talks about like what's beyond the water? Like I want to go there, but I feel like I can't. Everyone here on this island seems so perfect on this island. Everything's by design. Everybody has everything. Yes, uh yes. We, if I, yes. And she's like, I remember it was like I can lead with pride, and I was like a young women's leader at the time. Oh yeah. And I was like, I can make us strong. I'll be satisfied if I play along. But the voice inside sings a different song. What is wrong with me? And I remember being like, oh, my gosh, like, I feel like there's something deeply wrong with me. But then she goes to the movie and she finds such beauty and empowerment on this journey she's on. And I'm like, I I know it's going to be really scary even to do the small things like maybe get my nose pierced or it's really small to just start dressing the way I want or it's small to start posting the things I want or it's small to start saying the things I want Mm -hmm. or doing the things I want and leaving the marriage behind that I've been at for 14 years and leaving the religion behind but every step I realized I was stronger and better and happier and then I realized so vulnerability you can't have real true connection without vulnerability, mm-hmm. which leads to authenticity, right? Mm-hmm. So I knew vulnerability was a huge part with telling my truth, telling my story. And the coolest thing that happened was when I started, okay, let me let me just say this. So my whole thing I was ca- caught up in was perfectionism. Mm-hmm. And obviously that's what led to the addicted behaviors and that's what led to everything was because I wanted to be perfect. I wanted to be viewed as perfect and I clearly wasn't, so I had to do something to mask it. So realizing, I remember a therapist said to me once, actually perfectionism it isolates you from people Mm -hmm. because perfectionism is unattainable like perfection is unattainable so instead of drawing people closer to you you're going to draw people away by the image of perfection you're trying to put off Mm -hmm. so I realized okay the more imperfect I get imperfect the more I'm true about the struggles I go through and the truth about who I am the more it draws people in Mm -hmm. and the more a connection I have and the more not alone. Like I don't feel so alone and I don't feel, and people don't feel so alone because they know that I'm struggling too. And we're all going through this thing that we're not talking about. Yeah. And so it was just so cool to see, like when I started making little tiny changes and being like, Oh, I actually went to rehab and people being like, Oh my gosh, my dad went and did this. And you know, this person, and thank you for sharing that. And yes, like, we're like, Oh, I feel like I don't want to be here. Like I feel like shit or like I had shitty day with my kids or whatever. It's just those truths that we tell actually is magnetic and it draws people to you yeah and and it's who you truly are so you're loved who for who you are and not this facade so that's my yeah Yeah, there's like actual genuine connection because what's there is real instead of two shells of human beings trying to play a role right Mm. right right yeah it is and it's like why don't we feel connected why do i feel more alone after hanging out yeah. yeah. Than if we were really like connecting. Yeah. yeah. I had a lot of those empty yeah. connections when I was in that. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. So you were married for 14 years. Yeah. You, you step, you change your mindset. You stepped out of this victimhood and you learn how to save yourself. Yeah. You don't need a hero. Right. You need to be you. Yeah. And so, and you guys kind of start drifting and changing. Yeah. And so like, I mean, eventually was he just like, yeah. Yeah. Or, so or were you like we were separated actually two years, I think. And it was just and I the thing that's so hard is I care about him so deeply as a person mm-hmm. and as a friend. Mm-hmm. And like he we've been through a lot together and I actually genuinely like his personality. There's certain things that just didn't work with us. Like yeah. 
but I value him as a friend and it was just so we stayed close during that time we co-parented he visited me in rehab he was supportive but it got to the point where I'm like I don't think this you know we both were like okay really when we think about it he was like if we were because he ended up leaving the religion actually eventually he left it okay um and he was like honestly if we were never Mormon I we had no business being married like if there, he's like, yeah. we probably, maybe we dated for one year, but then that would be it. Like yeah. there's the, because wow. of the pressure and the society and everything we were in, that's why we That's why did we it. did what we yeah. did. And he's like, and I know that and I get it and it's okay. Like, I don't think we're good together. And he's yeah. like, I think I was holding on to it because I thought it was like, I don't know, like, this is my wife. This is what we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And it's just like realizing that actually that wasn't. I wasn't happy in it even, either, you know? Yeah. So now um, we co-parent, and we're good friends, and we get along still, and we support each other. He has a girlfriend now that he's happy with, and she's awesome, and the kids like her, and it's good. Like, he's he's an awesome dad. He's a good person. Yeah. And And you're rocking your life. You're driving the bus. (laughs) Yes. Beep, beep. Look out. Yes. (laughs) That's right. Get in, bitches. We're going shopping. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Get in, bitches. We're going thrifting. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Okay, so you, like, you're incredible. Like, you're you. you're <laughs> accomplishing these things. You've gone through all this hard stuff. How do you, like, how do you honor who you've been and how you've got here, you know, without feeling full of shame or without yeah. just, like, kind of, you know, kind of, I don't really want to look at that anymore because right. that was hard. Like, how do you honor those really difficult parts of yourself whilst like being successful right I that's a great question so a couple things so one is I don't know if you guys use snapchat but there's this gift of memories that come up on snapchat Uh so memories will pop up from when I am blackout drunk (laughs) like so embarrassing and or like I would post on instagram drunk and on drugs and I'll look back and be like oh that yeah. is so embarrassing. Like, yeah. I am yeah. so embarrassed yeah. and feel this, like, insane shame and just want to forget her. Like, she doesn't yeah. exist anymore. Um, I heard about this book called The Dark Side of the Light Chaser. Have you heard of it? Uh-huh. And it's about embracing and loving that person who went through all that shit for, mm-hmm. for me to be the, here, basically, mm-hmm. is that girl did the work I needed, mm-hmm. which may seem like... Her work was, but truly, it was what I was doing the work I needed to survive that moment without mm-hmm. the skills and knowledge I have now. Mm-hmm. And she went through a lot of pain and she was hurt and she was doing the best she could. And I fucking love her. I fucking love her. Because she went through all the shit so I could be here now. Mm-hmm. And I honor her. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, I hated her and I felt shame and I felt like she wasn't worthy or enough or embarrassing but I I fucking love her and it's because I know that she was doing the best she could truly of with what she knew and having grace with myself like I feel like it makes me even fuller now because when we disown a part of ourselves it's always going to show up mm. it's always going to show up and that's truly what I was doing when I was leading my life is disowning that part of myself that I didn't want to show up that was creeping in and causing all the pain yeah and she still exists like she's a part of me and anything that as humans we can perceive is within us and that's why we judge because it's we're all mirroring anyways Mm -hmm. this book changed my life but it was like 
learning to love and hold those parts of you that you're ashamed of Mm -hmm. to become a more fuller version of yourself. And you can now, when you embrace your darkness, you can sit in the presence of darkness with others. Mm -hmm. And so you can sit in the presence of darkness with people going through that stage and say, I see you, I understand, this is temporary, it's okay. Like, it just gives you better empathy, compassion, and self-love, ultimately. Okay. I think that you're, I feel called out a little bit. I feel (laughs) a little called out right now. Um, Just because like when you were, well, like I deleted my Snapchat. Yeah. Yeah. Because I couldn't stand seeing some of the shit that was on there. Right. Like, yes. So, um, and I see Facebook memories or, or something like these platforms that I don't use anymore but like these parts of me still live and like seeing it so um I don't know like I love how you I'm gonna read that book first of all but you said something really profound of this idea of no I love that girl I love that girl because that girl is me yeah like that girl is me and I love me and that girl had something in or I guess like when I think back to myself like in those days like if I see an embarrassing you know Instagram story of myself or something like that I'm like also look at her yeah have fun put yourself out there doing the best that she can you know and 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 I don't think that normally but when you said that I'm like oh you're giving me permission to say that was a hard part of my life and I was doing the best that I could, yeah. that girl was doing the best that she yeah. could. Well, and and I, we have to thank her, right? Yeah. yeah. And I love that, like, well, okay, if, if you can go back and put yourself back in that spot, like, what did that girl want? She wanted love. Yeah. She wanted to be uh, good enough. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like, she was just asking for these things. Yeah. And so what a gift, what a way to honor that girl is now, instead of being ashamed of her, being like giving her love and like that is the way to honor her yeah and it's like how can we truly love ourselves we're on this self-love journey how can I only say I love this version of me when Mm. it's all of me you know okay you gotta love it all you just blew my mind yeah Yeah. and Mm. I think the other thing is is it's like we put other people's opinion of Mm. us this is what we're taught and conditioned to Mm -hmm. do above our own and the worry that you feel isn't about your own, per- like, your own view of that girl. It's about what other people would might think about mm-hmm. it. Correct? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Because yeah. if it's yours, you're just like, eh. Like, I've learned to have utter grace with myself. And I still, you guys, I'm not perfect. I'm seriously, like, I'm not that I'm saying you guys think I'm perfect or anything. No, but I still struggle with this shit, of course, because we're human. But I think also, like, being like, no one else is really like, it's just an illusion that other people's opinion really matters. Yeah. And who in the world right now is thinking like, oh, that younger version of her was just mm. so embarrassing. Tell me what you do when you're feeling like me in these moments. Like, like so you watch a video or you maybe just say like, I love you. Yeah. Or how do you get beyond the discomfort that I'm feeling and yeah. into the love and the compassion that you're feeling? Oh, I think a big part of it is... I think appreciation for today, but even like I have days where I'm like, what am I doing with my life? I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. Mm. And then I'll go back and watch the videos and be like, oh, I'm fine. Like, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I can like lay in bed today and play bingo. Like, 
how, if you are proud of yourself right now, how often do those moments come up? Because in my everyday life, I'm not feeling a ton of shame about the past because that's not really seen. Yeah. So I think for me, it's the biggest thing is just appreciating where I'm at now. Mm. But I also think I would really take time. What I've learned is the biggest gift you can give yourself and the hardest is sitting in it mm. and feeling it all. And once you do that with your adult brain, because or even in your current mindset now, yeah. you can say like, oh, she a few years ago, she was trying to have a good time. Oh, like, mm. and I think looking at it as like in our brains, we feel so critical of ourselves. But if it was someone else, would you ever think anything of it? No. Yeah, it's not a big deal. Yeah. I think it's like, it's fine. <laughs> Everything is like, ah, it's fine. Yeah. We're good. Best of us. I think like having a very low expectation for yourself. <laughs> it's good we're good we're amazing I don't know I think yeah just taking time to sit with it and watching it and like giving yourself love and affirmations through it yeah I probably would maybe do that thank you you're amazing oh my goodness so you you walked us through some of your darkest moments you've up your ups and then you're right back down into your downs Mm -hmm. and your lows and I mean for anyone who's going who knows you or who will see you or who they're going to meet you and they're probably going to like want to start following you and (laughs) and take a ride on the bus and all that <laughs> yes. stuff you know you're like you are like you're you, it feels like oh she's arrived you mm. know and maybe you haven't fully arrived yeah. but you are in you're in a steady place right yeah. now you're holding steady and so with all of the knowledge and wisdom and everything that you've gained if you could go back to that girl who I'm, she's maybe she feels hopeless yeah. maybe she feels so stuck maybe she feels so worthless because who is she if she like what does she have to right. offer if, if not these things that the world is asking of her like if you go back to that girl what would you tell her I would sit down next to her and I would just hold her and I'd be like listen this is really fucking hard but it's important and it's not for nothing you got this. Like, you need to keep going. Yeah. I promise you, all of this, it's not for nothing. There is a purpose. And if you could see your future life, you would freak out. We just want to share a big thank you to everybody who helped make this episode possible. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you. Drop into our DMs. You can find us on Instagram at I totally relate pod. Or you can share your feedback and insights with us at I totally relate pod at gmail.com. We totally want to get to know you. See you next time. Peace out.